The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews. Presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. Appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me I have the crew comprised of these gentlemen around me. To my right. I have my boy, D.E.T. Dave. He is the host of the Ground Rule Double podcast. You can catch it on Facebook Live every Monday and Friday, right around 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Make sure you check the listings and follow them on Facebook. You can also catch him on Twitter. Uh, Dave, hit it for the people. What's your Twitter? D.E.T.S.R. 617. And you can catch Ground Rule Double podcast on Twitter as well at G.R.D. The Podcast. There you go. Make sure you check it out and you're following him. Next to us, our boy, Jay. J.O. He is connoisseur of everything hip-hop east coast west coast and everything in between down south as well and we are missing of course our boy damo who the host of the raw sex podcast you can catch that wednesday's new episodes you can catch him of course on buddy underscore love 31 on ig and then also on ig you got raw sex podcast and you also can catch raw sex podcast on twitter at raw sex podcast one so gentlemen of course here we are and in the vault we always like to take you back in time and we are going right back in time, back to 1995, to the second studio album by The Roots, Do You Want More? Released January 7th, 1995 on DGC Records. It was the band's major label debut after they had an independent debut, their first album, Organics. It was released January 17th, recorded at many different studios, amongst them the Chodakaro of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Sigma Studios, Ivory Studios Suite Number no. 3, Nebula Sounds, and Battery Studios in New York, New York. Recorded between 1993 and 1994. Runtime of 73 minutes and 45 seconds. And of course, the producers here were the Roots themselves, but particularly producers the Grand Negas, Questlove, Kilo, AJ, Shine, Black Thought, and Rozelle. Now, this was probably about as complete of the Roots crew that you were going to get of the original roots that were available at that particular time. Three singles that came from this were distortion to static proceed. And then silent treatment, which silent treatment I remember because that was the video that I saw the most on the box. It was a black and white video that was on the box back in the day. I remember hearing that joint on the roots live album. Yeah. That's silent treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So quite a bit of tracks here on all together, 16 tracks, 15 tracks, excuse me. I remember particularly this album, the intro that you hear from the intro of Things Fall Apart, which was the first thing that you hear. 
a lot of different things. This support is considered to be what they call a jazz rap album. And then listening to it, you kind of understand exactly why they called it a jazz rap album. But this was the first that most people, most of us heard about, heard from the roots. And you would continue to go on as the decade started to hear more about them. Seeing things, of course, from Black Dog, from Questlove, from Rozelle, from Scratch, Dice Raw, Ursula Rucker, of course, was a member of this. Elo, who was a member of the Roots crew, a very, you know, a lesser known member of the Roots crew. And um, Scott Storch. And Scott Storch, of course, was a member of this. He was shouted out a couple of times in here as one of the keyboardists, a.k.a. piano players. And that's, of course, his bag. You know what he does and know his piano work and his production work well throughout hip hop. He started as a member of the Roots crew. So do you want more, gentlemen? Here we are, 25 years later, January 17, 1995. This is their second album. This is the first that many of us, many people in the mainstream started to hear a little bit about The Roots. They would become a little bit more well-known later on down the road with their releases. And, you know, basically this is uh, where everybody started to hear most of the stuff from them. I just want to get your perspective as far as listening to the album leading up to this week, what you thought about it, and then perspective based on or based on what you know about The Roots what you think about it after all this time. So I'll actually go ahead and I'll start with Dave. Dave was doing some pre-work on it before we got on the air, on the air today. Just kind of want to get your feelings on it now. So it's been fresh in your mind. When they called it a jazz rap album, I see why. Yeah. Just the live instrumentation. The production was beautiful. The lyricism, top notch. Not a lot of guest features, <clears throat> which is to me always a good thing. It had a couple missteps as far as I'm concerned, but mm. I mean, generally, it's the roots. I mean, now knowing, like, listening to Illidelph Half Life, then going to Things Fall Apart, you can see it's just like, okay, this transition. Mm. So he started off organics, and then they came to Do You Want More, and then moved on and on, and it's just just another step in the line of greatness. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, so I mean, I didn't. I didn't listen to it back in the day, like when it first dropped. But of course, I went back. Well, I went and listened to it this past weekend. I don't know, but it's kind of funny. Like I don't think I would have appreciated it back then as much as I do now. Like with that jazz infused hip hop with the lyricism, I could appreciate the lyricism, but I don't think my ears would have been ready per se for like you know that jazz infused hip hop. So now that I have a more seasoned palate as far as music, you know, I really appreciate the album. And I really feel it's one of those that'll stand the test of time. Like to the point that. You know, I mean, I, I've spoke about this before as far as, like, grown folks hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Like, I really feel like, you know, somebody that's in, like, middle school now, once they get to be an adult mid-30s, they could listen to this album and really, really appreciate it and take it in. Like, I really feel it's, like, aged that well, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, okay. future audiences. Along with that, I mean, it's just, I really can't think of any, well, it's one low point, but I'll discuss that later. It's mm-hmm. like one, one individual I feel is a low point in the album, but I'll discuss that a little bit later. Um, okay. And... Along with that, I mean, just just that blend, seeing everything come together, and just the fact that I can appreciate the fact. I just think about the impact of it. You know, these cats are from Philly, and I don't really. And I think I think back to nineteen ninety five, like the landscape of hip hop. You know, yeah, like 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 you know, it was shifting back to New York, but mm-hmm. you really didn't hear anything about Philly in that mix. So for them to come out of Philly with this new sound, and like you know, Philly was kind of like really starting, like I guess kind kind of trying to reinvent themselves. So I knew Philly was known for their DJs more yep. so than club music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I mean I just I just thought that was just like really radical on their part as far as just like being like really going against the little bit of grain that was present. So yeah, that's what I can say about it at the moment. So yeah, listening to this album, I actually heard this initially back in the day after I listened to Illadelph Half Life. So that the Illadelph Half Life was my first exposure 
it matters to the roots. And I listened to this back then. And I think, like you said, to me, I kind of wrote it off after a while. Because at that point, I don't think, like you said, as you said, Jay, my musical taste had not matured. Mm-hmm. My palate had not, you know, developed. And so listening to it now, what I noticed that, you know, you catch things later on. Sort of like when you look at a movie one time and then you catch a movie like three or four times later and then you catch things you didn't catch the first time that you listened to it. Right. It's the same thing with this album. There's a couple of things, observations I want to make about this. To me, this is almost like, to me, it's almost like two different albums two different dis- dis- distinct set of sounds in this album. To me, this is the first half of the album where it's distinct, very, very laid back, more emphasis on the live instrumentation, more jam session, like more seems like they were experimenting with a lot of different other things. It didn't seem as cohesive as some of the other roots artists. And that's not roots albums like Illadelph half-life and things fall apart. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing per se. It was just a little bit, to remember just like okay this is a, isn't as cohesive as i thought it was in particular but thinking about it and knowing exactly where they were at that particular time after reading some perspectives on this album and also hearing from the artists themselves about where they were at that time it seemed like that first half of that album from the intro all the way up into do you want more or before do you want more i felt as though there was more so like more jam session quality it was more experimentation it was kind of like made up sort of like they went into the studio to try something and they're like, all right, y'all, let's record this and, and, and see what comes up with it. And it worked to a certain degree, but it just seemed a little bit, it just seemed a little different like that, d- different than, than that. Afterwards, once you get into Do You Want More until the rest of that album, I saw a lot more of what I saw on The Roots on the Little Delph Half-Life in that second half of the album than I did on the first. To me, I think Black Thought's lyricism and his flow was better. Stepped up in the second half of the album than it was in the first half mm-hmm. of the album that knew that I knew got to me to where the point where I knew black thought to where he was black, Do- black thought and Illidelph half life mm-hmm. to developing to the lyricist that we all know and love today. One positive thing I do have to say about this is Malik B was surprisingly very, very great. Good on this album. I was yeah. very impressed with his work on this album. Yeah. You know, in some, in some spaces I actually thought that he was actually better than black thought on some songs. I thought he had it together a little bit more. And it seems like to me on this album more than anything else that Black Thought, especially in that first half, was trying to still discover his his style. He was still trying to work on work into his flow and then get into his bag, as they say, per, you know, in some instances. That's really where it was for me. Uh, the jazz rap, the jazz, the jam session stuff. You hear it, of course, in, in songs like, you know, Say What Man and Lazy Afternoon and, yeah. you know, you see in, in those different type of things, you really get to the point when the roots, when people understand they really were at their heart a band. That's what they are. What you see them, what they're doing on Fallon, I think what you see what they're doing on Fallon is more so a reflection of what they built, the foundation of it right here on Do You Want, on Organics and definitely on Do You Want More. So uh, I was... It was experimental to me in a lot of different ways, and it wasn't a bad thing, but I think it seemed a lot more cohesive in the second half to me. But overall, great. And if you love music and if you love jazz, you can appreciate a lot of the things musically what they did on this album, mm-hmm. definitely. Agreed. You know, a lot of good work on here uh, that you saw. I mean, of course, you know, Malik B, I think to me, he doesn't get enough credit. I thought the progression of him from this album on through to the last one. And I really think that that's when the root sort of fell off after him and Dice Raw left the group. I think that's when the creativity of the group and the cohesiveness of the group sort of, you know, took a step back when 
Malik B and Dice Roll left. You talking after uh, what is after it? things fall apart? Things fall apart. After yeah. things fall Phenor- apart. Uh, what was the phenology? Was the after yeah phrenology? After yeah, well, phrenology, and then the the um, the tipping point. Tipping point. You know, yeah. I mean, those are good albums, but it was nothing like the way when they were really at their peak at Philadelphia. Things fall apart. Things was fall probably apart. their magnum opus. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. And I think if you talk to most Roots fans, they would probably agree with you. But so that's what I thought about it. I mean, I I enjoyed listening to it because I think it kind of took me back. But it did definitely like the first time when you watch, whether it's um whether it's a you know if you watch a Scorsese film and you watch see certain things that first time around and you catch it the second and third time, then you read notes about it and be like, damn, I didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. Same thing here with this album with me. So we'll get into the highlights and lowlights, anything that you appreciate now more so than then. Obviously, start with you, Jay, your highlights of what you liked about the album. I would say Lazy Afternoon, Questlove versus Rozelle, because Rozelle, what he brings to the table, he's, he's, he's just nice, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, <laughs> just ridiculous, the things that he could do with his vocal box, man. Right, I'm, I still remember, like, senior year high school, that All I Know joint, that All yeah, I Know, no, like, yeah. that, that was my joint, but, like, the joint, what goes on, um... That joint, I say what man Like you know the, That jam session they had I mean that joint That joint just was rocking You felt the energy In that crowd Even though you're just Sitting there listening to it Audio you know what I mean um, And of course I would have to, Oh yeah Distortion and Static mm-hmm. And One of my joints I feel was like The funny joint of the album Was like you ain't that fly Like <laughs> yeah. Black like, Oh yeah which definitely is, which, which for anyone yeah. any, Anyone Anyone um, That needs clarity Is pretty much an ode To like Stuck up sedity chicks That think You know what I mean They the shit Like Yeah Break it down a notch Yeah Like you, you ain't that fly Mama You ain't that fly <laughs> <laughs> Well fuck oh. you then Oh Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh and I gotta say Um you know, one thing that surprised me about that, like, because I always see my man on the drugs, I didn't expect Quest Love to drop a verse. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was about like, to say the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nah, definitely. That's, that was a surprise for me, too. That's something I didn't catch the first time around that I listened to this album. Right. Because you don't hear him, especially with the ones that I followed, at least up to the tipping point, never really heard Quest talk, unless it was a, a skit here and there. You know, yeah, he speaks. He he speaks to a kick in the snare. You he don't does. expect like bars from that man. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's him, all, all him, the talking yeah, like, he needs to go. Dude. Like like Quest Love rapping remind me like high tech rapping mm-hmm. and the blast. Like right. you ain't even see, you ain't see it exactly. Right. Oh, oh. Right. Well, right. I ain't got bars. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, and hopefully like when I say this, like you know, the sky doesn't turn gray and it's like raining thunder, like and frogs and stuff like this. But as far as the only low point, I would say I could do without them. But even though other people may feel differently. I could do it without dice raw. That's just me. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, there's an argument to be made about that because I think he definitely did better work when he was on Philadelphia Half Life. No, Philadelphia Half Life and then Things Fall Apart. I think it's better work him on those two albums. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But I think they were sort of introducing us to him, and at this point, I don't think he was really as fully developed as possible, so I do agree with you on there. I don't think he was that great on this album. Nah, you good. I don't want to disagree with you there at all. (laughs) I don't. Dave, your highlights, uh, anything that you appreciate now more so than then, any lowlights at all? The intro just caught me. The intro was slick. I was like, yeah, this is dope. I had heard Proceed before, but I didn't really understand. I didn't know that it was from this album. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, Proceed is dope. Uh, Distortion Static, Mellow My Man, Lazy Afternoon. That scat was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Goes On was the one that I was talking to you about earlier. Mm-hmm. I was like, that, that snuck up on me. I was like, this joint thump. 
uh, I wasn't really a fan of the live instrumentation in you know was it essay essay what my essay what you know I was like mm, I'm like uh, I'm not really feeling it well, here I'm not really feeling it but it's like I guess you could say when we did Southern Playalistic a lot of people didn't like the fact that Funky Rob was on the joint oh man. So it's like Those with me, mis- they're misguided. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, they were misguided. Clearly, but, mis- um, clearly misguided. I, I was yeah. like, eh, I wasn't really with it. But I mean, it's all good, you know. Swept away was a sleeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Cassandra Wilson. Yeah, yeah. And you ain't you ain't fly was just hilarious to me. It was. It was a fun <laughs> track. A funny ass track. Uh, was, the silent treatment was dope. Uh, fun, funny yet needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I might, I might tag team with with um, Jay on this one with Jay, with Dice Raw. I'm like, was he really necessary on this track? Mm. I, I think they were trying to, like you said, help him out and and sort of showcase him. I mean, they showcased him at Elo on this, and I think Dice Raw wasn't the Dice Raw that we all know from Philadelphia and also from No Offense though, um, from Things Fall Apart. You know, so I mean, I agree with you. Casey listener, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> To me, my highlights are I love the course, my mellow my man. Mm, Lazy afternoon I thought was okay, but the thing about it is that I was noticing I thought was spitting the same verse three different times. That verse he spit was the same exact verse yeah. three times. He spit the same exact verse. I was like, yo, give me a different verse, bro. <laughs> you know, I I get it. I mean, I don't know whether he was high and he just was like, yo, we just gonna do this same joint or whatever, <laughs> and you know, that's gonna be cool. The Quest versus Rozelle joined. And it was like, Rozelle, like, yo, man, how do you be able to make all them sounds with your voice, bro? Make it sound that close to the instrument as possible. Like, yo, drums, bass, or trumpet, or whatever. And it's just like, dude, this is crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, this, his beatbox skills are phenomenal. Man. It he, is. He definitely needs to be yeah. mentioned. I mean, he always gets missed, too, as far as, like, you know, in the lane. Like, to be, he needs to be highly, more highly regarded in the lane than he's in. He should definitely be mentioned to be able to, like, Dougie Fresh and um, Buffy the human beatbox. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He definitely needs to be more mentioned in that mm-hmm. conversation. I just want to point that out. So yeah, man, it's that was great. I mean, the album definitely picked up in the second half for me. I actually like to say what man because it was you had thought pretty much acting as the conductor and con- and pretty much dictating to these different instrumentalists what I'm doing, what I'm saying. You do with this instrument, you know. And that mm-hmm. one was crazy because like you know he was kicking out drum patterns and and. Quest Love was pretty much doing exactly what he was doing. Oh, yo, hit this, hit this baseline, and they were just, just hitting it. Scott Storch with the keys, and it was just like a jam session. I thought that was really cool. You ain't fly, of course, is really funny. Silent treatment because I remember that video from the box back in the day. It was that black and white video, and I remember it just specifically because you see Quest and Love and that that afro, you know, and you see that. So it was really kind of interesting. Of course, the unlocking which is one of three poems that Ursula Rucker did for uh, one of a few poems that Ursula Rucker did for the roots. And this one was crazy because the poem she was spitting about, you know, the obviously the prostitute, the call girl escort, whatever it is sitting there, goes through the whole crew and then she takes out a gun and sticks all of them up, you know? And it was just like her words. She's a really, really intricate poet and her words paint a picture and that her words painted a really, really clear picture of what it was that was, you know, that was going on. So, uh, Distortion and Static was another good one. Proceed, of course, is one that I've heard elsewhere other than just the album. But, uh, you know, so those are just some of my highlights. Not really a lot of lowlights other than the fact that I felt, like I said, to me, it seemed like two different type of albums. 
You heard one different type that was a little bit more experimental. You heard Black Thought really sort of, I guess, still trying to figure out his flow a little bit. But then that second half of it, you start to become a, a little bit more cohesive and things start to come together a little bit more. So that's just my only low light, if you could. But it's not really a bad thing, though. Just just a little. It was just a little unusual. That was all. Well, and from there, we're going to go ahead and pick it up with notable quotables and see what you guys had about that. So with that, I'll go ahead and I'll start with. I'll start with Jay this time. Jay, see what you what you got for quotables as far as on this album. All right, best. So um, one quotable I have is um, I have a couple here. One is going to be from um, Proceed. Word is perfect. Never ever should you misinterpret my move styles like bows. So you know my so you know I'm worth it. Sorry, I started over that, but like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, it's one of mine. Um, and also um, with Malik B on Remain Calm, I write an anthem. Throw a tantrum and remain handsome. Mysterious vibes like I was the Phantom. Erupt abruptly, then conduct a maze. You fuck when the lyrics get bucked because I because bla- I graze, mm-hmm. like <laughs> just like the lyricism, lyricism, in. yeah. And then um, Black Thought, um, he was like, rappers thinking of stepping up. What the fuck you doing? I amplify the hymn to bring your empire to ruin. Who's your girl screwing? Fellas jealous because I'm fly. Keep my sneakers dry when you cry, baby. See, I can have you headed for the war- headed for the board like a refugee from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, definitely I hear that man um, I definitely was impressed by Malik B's work on here because that's one thing I don't think I really noticed that much but being cognizant now that he's not a member of the Roots anymore I definitely miss his impact on the Roots and what he did for them so Dave I wake up early in the morning I mean early afternoon break a lyrical hymn of the stern like boom I'm I'm flyer when I'm higher put my shit on the tune that nigga represented like the 28th of June I'm representing Philly on the 28th of June. I can make you feel that I'm a natural, I'm a surreal cartoon. My with my pistol in the face of hip hop, stick you, stick you in the face, because I'm on a paper chase. Yes, I'm on a paper chase. My Timberlands are fully laced. I be the Mr. Boogeyman. Yeah, it's it's quintessential Tariq Schroeder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just with records. From 125th to Japan, I, I laid him play like Johnny Hathaway. <laughs> and shake a hand, shake a hand. Your lady tried to kick it, but I wouldn't play my man. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just quintessential to read. Mine's just from Silent Treatment. And this is like one of the three that I get where you had thought sort of telling a, a story, the story of him talking about a relationship between him and a lady. It's like this joint. The hypnotic from Illadelph Half Life. Yes, sir. The, yeah. the hypnotic from Illadelph Half Life featuring D'Angelo, and then also you got God, that track was classic. You know, so you know those three. This is like kind of like the first one in those you know Black Thought rhymes about him's relationship with a lady. So you know the the first verse we said, yo, I had a queen named Amina, height five seven, caramel complected, body like heaven, met her through a sister through my man Big Vince, like some shit out of the flicks. We've been in love ever since. She called me a chakra brother. I called her my sugar sister. Knew Shuddy could work it since before I ever kissed her. I never dissed her. Painted my picture to hit. But because sex she wasn't with, she started flipping this shit. Like, listen, man, I'm Queen Amina. Amina's not a freaking. This game is weak and trying to keep the hit it could quit speaking. Tariq, in fact, you being black thought didn't get you closer. I dig you, but won't bone you because I'm so-called supposed to. Most of them wouldn't. But that couldn't be me. That's not my flavor. Go home and think about it. And maybe later I'll page her. I contemplated and concluded she was bluffing, steady pursuing, screwing, getting nothing but the silent treatment. I just love the fact that he laid it out to the fact that he was trying to get with her. And she was like, nope, it's not happening. 
And, you know, you Tariq, but you thought by being black thought you could get me. But nah, that ain't happening. You know, so go home. Maybe I call you. Maybe I won't. You know what I'm saying? And so she started with giving him the silent treatment, man. So it's just uh, I love the fact to me. That's one of the underrated things about black thought with his storytelling and the fact that when he goes into the mode where he's talking about being in, in with a certain relationship with someone, this is one of them. The hypnotic, of course, I loved, you know, because that story about Alana. And then, of course, that you got me, Eric. That speaks for itself. He said, Joe Palmer, when did you last see Alana? He offered me a seat and attempts to make me calmer. Mm. When he began to break it down. My mind started to wander. It starts beyond somber. Incredibly crushed. Mm. Kind of feeling on my shoulder. That That of a a boulder. boulder. To find out that life was over. over. Yeah. It made the room feel colder. I figured I could get with her when she was a little little older. older. But she a victim of the wicked system that controlled her. It's so chaotic. Yeah, it's just, I love the the fact when he gets into that that mode of telling stories, man. It's something very underrated of what he's done. This is actually the start of it, man. Because this is actually a pretty good story about him and his chick Amina. And some really good wordplay in this, too, if you look out for it. But. Really good thing. Love the fact when I saw the development, that second half of the album, Love Malik B. And, you know, I think it just started what would continue on to the next couple of albums, which definitely got them to the point where I said that's when they were the legendary Roots crew at that particular time. This is when they were the legendary Roots crew. Well, we done looked, we looked at the lyrics and we've actually looked and talked about how we felt. So now we'll see if it stands the test of time, the ultimate test. So is it certified? Is it borderline or is it just in this time so i'll go ahead and start with you jay what do you think man what's your verdict uh i have to say i'll probably say borderline not and that's not anything to do with dice raw i'm just looking at it as a whole <laughs> <laughs> and dave dave it's just like you said it's got it's hit and misses mm-hmm. i would say borderline as well i don't think it's certified yeah i, I give it borderline borderline right there with y'all it's borderline to me too and because it's not cohesive because knowing what you know about the roots and hearing what you hear i know what was coming so i knew you know what they had developed but to me i thought they were right there on the cusp that's the reason why i say that this is borderline as well i think this is a great album i think this is something that people will still continue to listen to like you said it'll stand up after time because of the elements of the musicianship and also with the instrumentation and the creativity, some of the things they experimented with, it's going to stand up, but still it's, it's borderline. It's right there, but it's not quite there, like over the line yet. And I think they got there with the next two albums they put out. I think they got there definitely with Illidelph Half-Life and they definitely got there with things fall apart. You know, just, just my perspective, but there we are with the roots. Do you want more? Chorus now, 25 years old, released in January 17th, 1995. Make sure you guys go check it out and listen to it. It's, of course, included in one of their essential albums. If you listen to Apple Music, check it out. Spotify, anywhere where you can get music, you'll pretty much be taken into a window. If you know where the roots are now is the house band of Jimmy Fallon, this will give you a nice insight into how they got their start and how you can see them now, basically, as their quintessential album as a band, in my perspective, and I guess with the fellas' perspective as well. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host, Podbean, vaultcmr.podbean.com. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault CMR on all of our streaming platforms. You can go to any one of our social platforms on our link tree 
And you can get to any one of those that include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio as well. You can get, of course, us on social media on YouTube and Facebook, The Vault Classic Music Reviews. You can search us there and get there. You can also get us on IG on The Vault CMR Podcast. Uh, yeah, The Vault CMR Podcast on Instagram. And you can also find us on Twitter at Vault Classic. That's at Vault Classic on Twitter. So make sure you go check us out. We'd love to hear feedback from all of you and appreciate all you for listening. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure you tell that friend to tell a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at I-V-E-C-R-E-8. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.